Broads, today's episode is sponsored by First Leaf Wine Club. Oh, you know how much we love First Leaf Wine Club over here at Chatty Broads. First Leaf has introduced me to some of my most favorite wines ever. There's not a single occasion that First Leaf Wine Club isn't perfect for. It's the wine club that keeps you stocked and ready for everything. And with wines you'll actually enjoy. That's because First Leaf really takes the time to get to know your individual taste, not just send you the stock wines of the month. No, they work with thousands of wineries across the world, and each bottle you get, you're going to rate with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down, and your deliveries are going to get more personalized to your taste as you go. They're going to get your feedback, and they're going to get you wines that you actually love. It's so much fun to see what's in the shipment each month, and it doesn't hurt knowing it's pretty much a guarantee that I'm going to love it. But for some reason, if you get a bottle that you're not obsessed with, First Leaf just credits your account for another. It doesn't get much easier than that. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash chatty. That's try, F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash chatty to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash chatty. Episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, hello, Broads. Okay, so I don't know if you've been hearing, but Becca and I have been teasing the episode you're about to listen to for the last week because we are so excited. So I know you typically hear from the bros on Fridays, and don't worry, they'll be back here on Friday discussing all their thoughts on the Bachelorette finale. Um, But in the meantime, you get to hear from them today as well on this special Tuesday episode because they sat down with our most favorite astrologer, medium, psychic, Jessica Lignato, and she is reading Grayston and Evan's charts. And I know personally, wow, I really enjoyed this episode. Anything, anything with Jessica is always incredible, but wow, really enjoyed this episode. Um, So we hope that you enjoy it as well. Make sure to tune in on Thursday when we are recapping the finale of this Bachelorette season. Oh my Lord, we are so excited. And then again, the bros recapping on Friday. So we love you all broads and uh, let's get into this. Well, good morning, broads, bros. It is, oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so normally oh what we do, if you heard that, means we, we usually are opening up beers or some sort of adult beverage, and you hear the sound. Well, we're recording this in the morning, and we just haven't decided it's time to rip beers this early, although I guess there's always a good I reason. I have my sparkling water, though, so I'm, I'm carbonated. Yeah, we, we got a little carbonated. carbonation going on. Anyway, today is special, because normally we're blabbing on about nothing with no real direction or real you know smarts, but today we are meeting with a legend of the broad squad. We are, we are meeting someone who means a lot to a lot of people who uh, listen to this podcast. I'm excited because I know this person in particular has changed our ladies' lives for the mm-hmm. better in a lot of ways. And the endless conversations, at least I've had, about what this person has said to Jess has been amazing. So um, I'm not really going to drag this on any longer, but everybody welcome Jessica Lignato. Thank you. Oh, well, that was the greatest intro I've ever had. And then you <laughs> clapped. I so, just feel like I should leave now just so I don't fuck anything up. <laughs> so thank you. No way. Thanks for thanks for doing this. I know. I'm um, very excited. 
this so what you're used to is probably like highly educated people that know what's going on this is like the far level down people like me and gray are very inexperienced in this world and are just along for the ride so you know we're here to be educated and to be shown the way <laughs> that's great it won't be my first time uh yes. you know so i'm down this is very very exciting and you know Sometimes it's harder to read for people who know a lot about astrology because they come in with a lot of um, preconceived notions and like assumptions. And so, yeah. you know, it's nothing wrong with a blank slate. Got it. Got it. Well, can you do, I mean, just for the very few of the listeners who maybe don't know you or didn't catch those episodes, can you give us a quick just intro of what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Jessica Lignato. You said my name right, which was also very impressive. Um, so thank you. Uh, I'm an <laughs> astrologer psychic medium, animal communicator, podcaster, writer, the things, the things that people do in the modern world. And um, I have been a consulting astrologer since the mid 1990s, um, since 1994, 95. So I have spent so many years consulting with people and businesses or from the vantage point of astrology um, and doing other much more woo things uh, as well. And the way that I work is um, I, I tend to kind of dip and dive between my skills. So I'll be reading a birth chart and if something psychic pops in, I just share it, that kind of thing. And the kind of astrology I do is called humanistic astrology. It's like a human-centered form of astrology. Not all forms of astrology are like that. And when I was originally trained, I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec, and we have a different school system there. And when I went to CGEP, which is like kind of like junior college here, there was, um, so I went to an alternative school and the, uh, the psychology teacher in the regular school taught an introduction to astrology from a Jungian perspective, because Carl Jung was very astrological. Uh, so yeah, so that was kind of like my intro to astrology. And I think pretty foundational to how I engage with astrology. So yeah, that's, that's my quickie. That's my quickie. It did it, right? That's perfect. Thank you. Thank that's you. absolutely perfect. Well, we're here today to, you know, not only be educated, but to be read and you know, I, I don't know if that's how you even say it. Like, that's how yes. uneducated, at least I am about the process. Um, you know, I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous. I'll be honest with you. Whenever I feel like it's, it's a little bit like the matrix, you know, like me and you were in it, Plug eating me in. the fake steak. Yeah. And then we kind of are meeting an Oracle and it's a little bit like, okay, I w you know, I don't know. It's a little, it's, you know, we we're operating in limited bandwidth here. So it's, you know, I'm excited, but I'm excited you're excited. And it's normal to be nervous. Everyone's nervous before they get a reading. Okay. It's like a thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of like if someone's going to like, like someone you don't know is going to do your hair and right. you get like tingles as they go through <laughs> it or like they're drawing you. Like if someone draws oh, yeah. your portrait, you feel like you can feel it. Have you had your portrait drawn before? Like sometimes. Oh, just like, like every once in a while. I took art classes. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. I'm I was going to say, I like have the... these things. I have this, I, it's called being cultured. I was like, are you a prince? Yeah. Do you have like your, do you, there are oil paintings in your house? The <laughs> you? fifth time yeah. I had my <laughs> yeah. portrait. When George uh, paints us in the family. Um, okay. Well, I mean, should we just jump into this thing? Yeah. But who goes first? I mean, I see pros and cons of both. So I'm going to let, you know, you guys choose. What do you think? I don't know. You, let's go. Let's go. Let's okay. go with you. Evan. 
I'll, I'll, Can I share that I, when I was prepping both of your charts, I was looking at Grayson's chart and was like, he doesn't want to do this. Does he want to do this? I like wrote an email to you, Evan, to be like, does Grayson really want to do this? Is this cool with him? Have you guys (laughs) checked with Grayson? But I didn't send it because it was yesterday and I was like, fuck it. We'll just see how it goes. You're a big boy. You'd say no if you didn't want to do this, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I did tell, I did tell him, you know, we have, someone coming on to do this and so he said sounds good so i mean listen i mean yeah, he the was insurance like, purposes or he's like we have a guest lined up for this are you are you all right i was like okay <laughs> no i gave it a little <laughs> bit more than that i gave that's that's bull i said very little more but i said a little bit more you know <laughs> i mean we got to keep it interesting you know we, yeah. yes yeah i agree we're gonna keep it interesting that is i feel like a fair statement um so okay so let's start in a super basic way. So Evan, I'm sharing the the your birth chart with you. And when I looked at your chart, I was not surprised you wanted to do this. Uh, and I will tell you why in just a moment. But the first thing I'll say is astrology is a language, right? So all of the like, it's a circle, the birth chart's a circle. It looks like a pizza. Let's just go there. It looks like a pizza, okay? So each slice means something. And then all of the symbols there, the zodiac signs on the, they're called houses. So on the house cusp, that means something. And they're all ruled by planets. All the planets mean something. And then you see all these lines in the middle. um, And those lines um, are called aspects and they are the drawing of the geometrical relationship between planets. And that means something. So birth charts and astrology, it's a lot of math and it's a lot of layered data, right? Um, When I pull up a birth chart, I can see all kinds of shit. Um, And it's, it's fun and exciting. And, you know, again, more on that in a moment, but it is really helpful if you have kind of questions or things you want to know about, I can also just like blah, blah, blah. And I kind of plan on blah, blah, blah. But because it articulates your childhood, your old age and everything in between, if you have questions or, you know, issues you want to ask about, um, let your astrologer know. Okay. Perfect. Do it. Yeah. Amazing. Do you, do you have any questions or do you want me to just blah, blah, blah oh, first? Can you start by blah, blah, blahing? And then I'll that. jump in because yeah. I'll just be honest with you. Like it's kind of endless questions and then yes. not, it's not very good to start with. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I, I can do. jump in once we start rolling. Very normal. Very fair. Okay. I, I respect you. So let's start with you're an Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. You've got um, your son uh, in the eighth house in Aquarius. So Again, I'm just starting with what I thought was interesting, which is why I was like, all right, of course, it's the Aquarius who's like, let's get readings. I'm going to make this happen. (laughs) And then you have this beautiful moon Venus conjunction in the 10th house. So you can get a little woo. Um, You can definitely be very spiritual, a little woo. You're very sensitive. Ladies like you. I'm not talking about romance. I, you know, you're married, but like ladies are comfortable with you. You're comfortable with ladies because you're comfortable with your emo side and you're comfortable Mm. with, um, intimacy. You, Mm. I mean, I'm going to say something that's the opposite of that in a minute. So don't get too excited, (laughs) but like you're, you're comfortable with intimacy. You like it. And in particular, you're good at being 
caring with people and receiving care. Um, so you can get a little tender. I know Aquarius can have the stereotype as being cold, um, mm. which again, yeah, okay, sure. Right. But like, you've got this nice little Pisces moon. So you are, yeah, you can be a tender puppy. So like this kind of experience, I was like, yeah, this makes sense for you. You could, you can totally do this. Um, now I have to ask, you've been married for many years? 10 years. That's such a long time. Yeah, it's very um, long. It's a long time for anyone, but for your age, I mean, that's like yeah. your whole adult life pretty much, eh? Yeah, I'm, I was 24 and a half when I got married. Very Are young. you okay? <laughs> Help me. No. <laughs> no way. No, I mean, it's also one of those things too, where the only, I'm not, I was not ever going to be that guy too, that was going to get married young. It just was never something I wanted. Um, but then, you know, I met Jess and so that was the difference, but. I mean, being married young is written in your chart. Um, okay. Yeah, you've got this Saturn in the seventh house. You're like a serial monogamist. You really, <laughs> you really like your bestie. You like to have, you don't like endings. You like things to be like consistent. Now, at the same time, you're fucking easily bored. You need things to change up. And this is where sometimes your relationships can get a little tense. So not just your marriage, but like your close relationships, because you like everything to be the same until you wake up one day and you're like, yeah, I need things to be different. Mm. And that's how that is for you. And it can be a little uh, like, wait, what? For the people around sure, you. Sure. Um, so you're somebody who needs to change and you need your relationships to change. And as long as that's present in your life, you're, you're really well suited to marriage. Like you're really well suited to like all manner of partners. And I know that like you two are kind of partners um, as well. So it's like, you're, you're well suited to that. You're, you're good for it. Now I have to say when I was studying your chart and I'm going to make you ask me questions in a minute, but when I was studying your chart, I was like, okay, uh, a couple things. Thing one, do you exercise a good, a fair amount? I used to a lot, um, probably from like, honestly, zero to 22, 23. And then over the last like decade, like it's, I mean, I used to, I would say at the last five years less because my, the industry that I work in is just very like dark rooms uh, in dark mm. rooms, no movement on desks. Mm. Um, and so and I work long hours. And so a lot of times what happens is just like, it's hard to get momentum going, but I've had a real like intense need to get back into it. Agreed. I, I like I, for you, you it's therapy. It's like, you have to, you have to be, and you, you don't play on, you don't, you're not, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say this funny, but like, you're not on sports teams. Like you don't play sports. I used to like, Literally, I was highly competitive athlete from, yeah, yeah like in my whole life until yeah. I kind of reached mid-20s. I cannot stress enough how important it is that you reprioritize it. And it doesn't have to be for being competitive, although you can't help yourself. Right. Um, you got this Mars in Sagittarius and it's square to your, your Venus moon. So, yeah, you like competing, but you also really like team sports because it's a way of like having camaraderie with people, which is part of what you enjoy. But you are somebody who needs to physically push yourself. Otherwise you get irritable, um, which it looks like you're uncomfortable with being irritable. So when you're uncomfortable with being irritable, you can just get shut down instead. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Dead on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, broads, quick pause from this amazing episode with our favorite Jessica Lignato and the bros. So having a kid now and having been a kid once in my life, I will never stop being amazed at those random things you learn when you're young that just stick with you forever. You know, looking back, the things I remember the most were the things that I learned in fun and exciting ways. It's all about giving learning that wow factor. Well, KiwiCo is the company that is defining the future of play and learning by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously entertaining for kiddos everywhere. If you have little learners at home, you need to check them out. Okay, each month, KiwiCo delivers hands-on science, art, and geography projects uh, right to your door in age-specific crates that are designed to help your children discover and understand specific monthly topics through crafts. Best part is every single thing you need for each product project comes included. You just open your crate. You have everything inside that you need for the project. Last time we did it, the kids seriously played for hours in the backyard. We had like a little camping themed kit. We had a blast putting it together. They were pretending to roast marshmallows forever. And we also learned a little bit about the element of fire. Um, Anyway, I just love these crates and they make my days with the kids so much more fun. Okay. It is no secret to those who know us that Ember is straight up obsessed with KiwiCo. When her crate comes, that kiddo is pumped. And of course, I love it because KiwiCo really is designed to let the kids take the lead on each project. So Ember's confidence builds with each crate she completes while she shows me how to build, create, and finish whatever the projects are for the month. So far, she's done everything from build a real-life flying rocket to a working arcade claw machine, that was so cool, to a 3D cityscape complete with skyscrapers. Each month, the projects are so different and are always so well thought out and a blast to put together. We love KiwiCo. Spark the love of learning today with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line. Um, They even have some for babies or teenagers or even adults. Um, Use code chattybroads at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, kiwico.com, promo code chattybroads. So have you ever done that thing, dear God, I hope someone else can relate to this and I'm not the only one out there, where you write an email or you write something and the more you read it, the more you're like, what even is this? What in the world am I writing? This makes no sense. This used to happen to me all the time, but thankfully I use Grammarly now, which not only helps me get to the point and write in the most effective, clear way possible, but in those moments when my writing does in fact not make any sense, it lets me know that too. Grammarly is free to download and it works where you do. So it works in programs that you're already writing in. You don't have to switch anything up. You just download Grammarly and continue on as you normally would. And the free version of Grammarly offers spelling, grammar, and punctuation suggestions. And they'll make sure your writing is delivered professional professionally and mistake-free every single time. Oh, and by the way, if you want to take it to the next level, Grammarly has a premium option that acts as more of a writing assistant, which this I absolutely love this, by the way. It has a bunch of cool features like tone detector, which will tell you if your writing sounds bland or if it sounds professional or serious. So you can actually tailor your writing to your audience. And it also makes sure that you're writing super clearly, which is something that I can struggle with. So this is so helpful for me. Grammarly is the best. You've got to check it out. Get more time in your day with confidence in your work with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash chatty to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade at Grammarly.com, 
to Grammarly Premium, you get 20% off for being our listener. That's 20% off a premium subscription when you go to G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash chatty. Grammarly.com slash chatty. Um, so for you, what becomes really important is having like an outlet. And that might even mean like if you're like sitting in a dark room, which is are you, so you're in like film something music music. OK, um, yeah, if that's what you're doing all day, I mean, there's got to be a way a work around running is good. It's not the best for you. It doesn't give you the same mental thing that pushing does. Did you ever like do any kind of combat stuff like fighting? Uh, I boxed for like a summer last year. Uh huh. And you didn't love it? No, I loved it. It was just like you know, um, you know how whatever. I yes. l- I let yeah. things get in the way of it. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. So if but, you but can all get my sports the- as a kid, I was a football player and a hockey player. So everything was right. like high contact sports. Right. That is what works for you. So yeah. It, you know, if it's an issue of like time, right? I would recommend investing in like a speed bag or a heavy bag, something that you can have in the house and you can just be like, everyone's driving me nuts. Pardon me. I'll be back in 10 minutes. (laughs) And you just like, you know, pound a bag and then come back and you literally will have a bit of a reset. Um, It just looks incredibly important for you. Mm. Related to that. Do you wear a night guard? What's that? A night guard? So that's a no, but yeah. a night guard, it's like the dentist prescribes it and you like pop oh, for it in grinding. Your... Yeah. Yeah. It's for grinding and no, clenching. I don't. But do you know if you grind your grind your clench? I've never been told that. Huh? Uh-uh. Um, do you wake up with jaw tension or neck tension? Um, neck. Yeah. Um, I'm no dentist, obviously, yeah. but I strongly recommend the next time you go to the dentist and do you go to the dentist? I mean, no. That's a no. I'm like, nobody prescribed it to you because you never went to the dentist. I go every Um, once. I go when like when I need to, you know? (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) When something starts hurting. About teeth grinding and, and uh, clenching is that you can both fuck your teeth, but also your gums, Mm. Um, which by the way, your gums are very sensitive. Are you a flosser? Uh, I try to, but you're, it's interesting you say that about the gums and teeth. Like, you know how people can bite into an ice cream? Yeah. I I will hit the ceiling. Like I can't That's even come close to doing that. So yes, I do have like sensitive gums and like mm-hmm. I need to get better at I brush my teeth, but again, we all know that that's not the most important thing. No, but hey, thank you for brushing those teeth of yours. <laughs> I'm sure everybody it. appreciates it. That's 50%. Slash also, let me be uh the one to say get a to a uh, water pick. Okay. Floss those teeth, go to the dentist. Uh, and ask if you need a night guard. My guess is they're going to say yes. Okay. Because um, it's like really preventative dental care and and you do not want periodontal surgery. You're very, your gums are sensitive, even if you don't have a gum problem. Um, so yeah, strong recommend. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm going to say to you before I invite questions is you're going through one hell of a time right now like one hell of a time and you are meant to be questioning kind of everything. You've come out of a period of your life that has been also a time of questioning, but you have more energy than you had. You're right now dealing with consequences, the consequences of your actions, the ones you've taken, the ones you haven't taken. And you are meant to be really considering like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where am I going? What is the fucking plan? And 
it doesn't need to be written in stone because you have an Aquarius um, midheaven. And so you do need things to be kind of open and flexible. And you like being like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see what will happen. Um, again, well suited to an astrology reading. But this is the this is a time in your life where it's really important that you ask yourself hard questions and not shy away from work. You may be getting opportunities that you're like, yeah, I could do this, but it'll cost me something. Yeah, take opportunities that are good opportunities right now. Any opportunity that comes your way, you've earned. Sometimes in life, things just like are like, whoa, that was a lightning bolt. Not right now for you. Everything that's working is working because you've made it work, which mm. is really cool. Actually, maybe I have a few more things to say. Is that okay before oh, I ask you? Please. This? Okay, this so what amazing. I'm doing. Um, another thing that's happening in your birth chart. Do you still talk to your dad? Uh, yeah, yeah, but not near, not even remotely close like I used to. Yeah, yeah. And do you mind if I talk about that? Sure. Um, and is he with your mom? Yeah. Okay. Do you talk to her? Same. Same. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, first of all, congratulations. It looks like it was, it's the best move for you at this time mm. because no amount of boundaries were working. Um <sighs> And it's not because they don't love you. It's because they're very fixed in their morality and in their idea of what's right and what's wrong and what's real and what's not. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so right now, part of what's happening for you is that on a very spiritual level, you're reconfiguring what it means to be a man, what it means to be your, your father, right? Yeah. Yeah, because of what it means to be a father, a husband, and this is keyed in to how you're organizing your thoughts of what you want from life, you know? Like, it's keyed into your ideas about what's possible and what's not possible and what you want to take on or not. And I have to ask, was your father violent? No, no, definitely not. Um, he, but he's, he's really, uh, like strong in his, you know, like, okay. He's, he's both. My parents are extremely religious. Okay. You know what I mean? A, and, yeah. and work yes. in that world. And so, um, definitely not at all like physically violent or anything like that, but also just very like, you know, a strong guy who believes what he believes and is pretty like behind it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because there's like this rigidity that I see in the belief system that I typically only see within uh, religious Christian backgrounds or military families, mm. um, like people who you know are raised by cops or right. yeah, military folks. It, it, it's it's really um, there's only one way to see the world, and it's his way, and that is kind of like a, a form of a violence, right? It's not a physical sure. violence, but right. it's, there's no room in it yeah. for anything but his way. And what I'm seeing is that you are going through a very personal, very I would say spiritual period of evolution for the next couple of years, but it's been really intense for the last year or so, 
where you're figuring out what you believe mm. and that it's how to have a morality that maybe in some ways is, has similarities or parallels to your family and in particular to your dad, but is ultimately a reflection of what feels authentic to you. And it is really important to you to not get too um, rigid. And at the same time, you know, there's things that are true and things that aren't true. And I think you're kind of on a spiritual level going through a bit of a struggle with that right now. And it's a, a healthy struggle. It's a good struggle for you to be engaged in. Does this make sense? A hundred percent. It's interesting you say all this. So like over the last, you know, I was raised in this family that was, you know, highly religious. And over time, like I always really struggled with it. You know, I was always kind of one foot one, you know, my dad worked in it and I was kind of working in it because of that as well, you know, um, working with him and doing different things over time, you know, it just the, the tension became too great. I just couldn't ever find myself in it. Um, and then over the last like five years, you know, really just completely off of it entirely, um, wasn't even associated with it at all. And, you know, flew the opposite direction. Like, I don't believe in anything. Everything's bullshit, you know? And then the past, like, I would say year, year and a half, I've been trying to just like push down all the, I don't know, like, you know, just shut, shut off not being so shut off is what I'm trying to say and yeah. being more open to like, okay, let's reset the clock here. Let's just reset my brain, allow myself to kind of find where I land. Yeah. Um, for the first time meeting with someone, you know, in a setting of like kind of a, I call him my guru cause he's not really a therapist, but he's like someone that, you know, has helped my friends lives a lot and he's been helping me process this. And he's like, you use the word woo. It's funny. Cause I, I feel that way in myself, but also I am come from that background that, there is no woo at all. So right. I'm just kind of opening myself up to it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he's extremely woo, I guess you'd say. And he's been helping me just kind of be open to things, you know? So, and that goes with the life stuff too, you know? Like I've been working hard for years and I'm in this industry that I love and this and this, but at the same time, I'm hitting this wall where I'm going like, what is the, what is the reason for anything, any, all of this? Like, what what do I really want? Like, it's it's been interestingly... I don't know, existential lately yeah. for the first time in a, almost maybe ever. It is in some ways the most existential crisis you've gone through. And in other ways, it's not. It's just that you're old enough that you understand the stakes and you know yourself. And before you knew the stakes, but not yourself or yourself and not the stakes. But certain things happen with time, you know, yeah. and the perspective I want to share is that you are a deeply spiritual person. It's that you don't like the rigidity and rules and the component of condemnation, which is again, a form of cruelty or violence. And yeah. that really doesn't resonate with you. It In your moments of insecurity, it does resonate with you because who doesn't want an answer? Who doesn't want to be told that life is black yeah, and white? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't believe that life yeah. I mean, you don't believe that life is black and white. That doesn't make sense to you. And you do have more of a, a polyamorous uh, religious style. You're not a monogamous person when it comes to spirituality. It's poly for you. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? A hundred percent. Yeah. And that that looks healthy. That looks that looks like it's authentic because throwing away spirituality would be just as damaging to you as being dogmatic in the way that your family of origin is. Um 
For you, it's about self-discovery and exploration. And there needs to be both an element of logic for you, but also an element of like, this touches something that's hard for me to put my finger on. You need both of those things. And this is directly linked, but like in a the soil that is the home for the roots of the tree kind of way. This is directly linked to your relationship to what kind of man you want to be in relationship, but also just as a person in the world and how you want to organize your goals. Because if you're doing work and it's not bringing meaning and it's connected to larger goals that do bring meaning, okay, maybe it sucks, but it makes sense. But if you're ambiguous about the bigger goals, then the compromises stop making sense, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I I don't have an answer. And the reason why I don't have an answer is because you're, this is the journey is the answer. The path is the answer. Asking the questions, feeling uncomfortable, not settling for these easy answers that, you know, life will offer you in the short term that's the answer. It's the path. And I think that what I'm saying is intuitive to you. It like makes sense to you. But then when you're actually in it, there are these parts of you that are just indoctrinated into there's right and wrong and good and evil. It's like, okay, well, I must be making a mistake because I don't know what the right answer is. Mm. But for you, nuance is the right answer. And that's uncomfortable a lot of the time. And so I just want to encourage you to stay with the discomfort because from my perspective, cultivating the skills of being present with discomfort, that shit is like, it's that's emotional maturity. And that emotional maturity will give you um, just a better life, you know, better outcomes in life. So there is that. The other thing... Are you making music for yourself or for other people? For years I did for myself. And then over the last like four, three, four years, it's it's all for other people. And when we say other people, do we mean like, are you creating soundtracks or are you making music for other, pe- other people or bands? So uh, I, for a while was making like, you know, like I was a producer, I'm a producer and a songwriter. So I was making music with artists for their career. And then over the last like three years I've done, I'm a music director now. So what mm-hmm. I do is I like build out live shows with the artist. So the, the artist will get done with their album and then I will convert it into, you know, when they go to the arena, how do we make it? How do we make it sound? How do we make it look? I kind of build all that out. And you're enjoying that? I actually really love it. Great. That looks really well suited to you. For you, it looks like making your own music is better suited to a personal practice because when it starts becoming your career, you lose your judge. You know what I mean? Um, And creating what I call soundtracks because I wouldn't have known that job. No one knows that job exists except people who do it. People (laughs) who are in the industry and people who need it, people who do it. Um, But it's essentially like a soundtrack, right? It's that is your happy place. This is a great direction for you. I imagine in the last year, you've had really cool opportunities. And if that's happening during a fucking pandemic, you know, you're doing something right. right. So I I will say, you know, on that front, you know, for whatever it's worth, I, I think you're really on the right path. But what's difficult is the relationships that you have having mm. boundaries and not being rigid, not your forte, mm. very confusing to you. And so you might need, if you don't already 
to have somebody who's kind of representing you and managing the kind of business end of the relationships so that you can just be in the creative space with people and have somebody be your strong arm, you know? Um, I think, you know, if I was queen of the world and I had all the power, I would get you that person. And mm. then I think you would really flourish and be very happy. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Like there's something I was talking to Jess the other day about this. I was like, I feel really conflicted as a person because um, I've been trained like by through my upbringing to be a like a uh, person who takes care of things and can like knows finances or like gets the job, you know, all those things. Yeah. But like my nature isn't that yeah. my nature is like very much more like flowing, not holding to any of that stuff. And so I was even telling her, I was like before even having a kid, which you know, brings a lot of love, but at the same time, it's bringing a lot of responsibilities and you're up at seven and you're getting the lunch going, you know, no, it's, it's a lot yeah. people. I feel like people who are naturally more, you know, organized and they, it, it comes a little bit more natural to them. Um, I found that like, it was really hard for me to jump from super being in a creative flowing space to rigid or from rigid and organized to creative. That's mm -hmm. always been kind of my dilemma is yeah. like, I have to like almost live a lifestyle to make the creativity just flow. But that yes. lifestyle doesn't like work very well with like things that need to get done. You're, <laughs> or at least it's hard for me. It is. It is. I mean, you don't have any earth in your chart. I mean, you have one planet, but it's like the wateriest planet. You're not an earthy <laughs> person that way. Um, you are much more of a flowing person. And a lot of what you're describing is you were raised to be an alpha male. And you are able to do it as long as you shut down all of your creativity in your heart and you hate yourself and you kind of don't like anyone else when you do it, but you're <laughs> capable. It's just not worth it. And again, this is the larger theme you're going through of kind of deciding, is it okay to be the kind of man you are, like what you really are and how can you get support? Because there's lots of creative people, maybe most creative people, um, aren't great at that linear stuff that requires rigidity and consistency. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just about like, if you accept it, then you can, can, can constrict. That's the wrong word, but like you can get the right kind of support that you need. Mm. And it's not that big a deal. It's when you're battling yourself, you're not accepting yourself and you're like, Oh, I got it. I have to be all the things all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to be the man I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah. That's when you are not as successful. And even if you're technically successful, you don't feel successful because you're fucking uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yes, I completely identify with that because I feel like there'll be things I'll be working towards and I'll accomplish it and it'll feel like nothing happens. And I'm like, yeah. That's exactly what right. The fuck? And that's, you know what I mean? that's, that's so for whatever it's worth. Okay. That whenever that shit happens, that's how, you know, you've done something that's not authentic to you and you are kind of out of alignment with yourself. And, you know, if you're a musician, you know what alignment is, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know what it means for somebody to like hit pitch note rhythm, all the things that's alignment. And we must be in alignment and, when you are, you know it because it's just, it's easy. doesn't mean it's not difficult, but even within the difficulty, it's easy. There's like a flow. Um, when you're not in alignment, yeah, everything feels like teeth grinding, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I did talk to you a lot, but I want to ask, do you have any questions? Well, no, I mean, you kind of answered it right at the last minute there, which was I, I have felt a lot of conflict personally with how I live. Um, 
and how I don't feel a lot of like peace, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm two people, which is like, if I go on vacation, I can chill harder than anyone you've ever seen. <laughs> but then the second I'm home, it's like, I have to be busy. Even if the, like ideally productive, but if, even if it's not, it's like yeah. filling my mind with stuff, watching stuff, listening to stuff. Like there is no calm, you know? Yeah. And it feels like sickening almost. Like it feels like a loop. Like I'll create these like almost nausea inducing, like, you know, I always have to have something happening, you know, with myself and, or, or cause there is a level of like, cause you're not good enough if you don't do it, if you don't accomplish, if you don't do all those things, you know? Um, but I feel my body screaming in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so. That's like, a great question. Okay. So let me just, first of all, say, I'm really happy for you that you're naming that. Um, because it's one of your core things actually is, and it is tied into the religion that you were raised in and the way that you were raised within religion. Are you from like a four square background? Uh, I mean, like non-denominational slash Baptist, you know. Okay, kind of. Baptist. Okay, there it is. I okay. Mean, um, there's a certain, this. I, I, I don't, anyways, that's another conversation. Focus, yeah. Jessica. Okay, I'm going to give you the thing. So, at core, there's lots of things you can do. You can practice meditating. You can, you know, yeah. whatever. But here's the core foundational issue. It's that. If you slow down and you don't consume anything and you don't take anything in, you're not doing anything, you feel sad or you feel mad. That's the problem. And you don't like feeling sad even more than you don't like feeling mad, but you really don't like feeling mad. And so you're constantly doing this thing where you're like, oh shit, I have to distract from these feelings. Why am I constantly distracting myself? I'm going to drop into my feelings. Mm. And then when you drop into your feelings, they're waiting for you, except for it's been years. And so then you do more to distract. And so the answer and this answer will kind of have this ripple effect through just about everything in your life is ideally with support, cultivating a practice where you sit with and do nothing about your feelings. And that's really hard for you because you have a feeling you try to fix it. You have a feeling you try to get away from it. You have a feeling and you try to like get it to change. Um, Honestly, that's like, happiness. that's how I feel like I'm trained. If something's yeah. wrong, fix it. You that know? sounds very practical. Yeah. Like yes. super practical. And it's like, but when you apply that to like every aspect of your body and mind, like I think that's when I start to lose my yeah, mind. Like what you just recommended sounds insane to me. <laughs> sit, like, I'm sit sure the, it sit does. In the we middle, will get sit to in the middle of a, like sit in the middle of a bunch of problems and do nothing and about any of it. it. It's just yeah. like so, that's like causing so much anxiety for me to think about. Okay, so think about it this way. Let me give you because you both have kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can watch a kid try to, I don't know, learn how to read, and when a kid tries to learn how to read, you see them get frustrated. And you, you can see them be like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to try to read. Your kids probably don't say fuck it, but whatever. They mean it. So they, they might say, fuck it. I'm not going to try to read because reading is hard. But you know, by listening to stories, practicing reading, pretending to read, what happens is the mind is doing work in a nonlinear way. And then eventually they realize that they can read. Same thing with speech, right? They can't talk. They can't talk. They can't talk. And then all of a sudden they've got a sentence, right? It's the same thing with our emotional development. And what 
happens when we go feeling action is we're skipping. It's like, we're like stone gap stone. We're not building a bridge between feelings and actions. And that's the problem because if you don't build a bridge and all you do is take this leap on those moments where you can't take the leap, you fall. Right. And what I am recommending is not not doing something, but it's being able to not do something. Mm. And when you feel sad or mad, if you can create a practice where you're like, okay, I feel sad. There's no fucking way I'm sitting in these emotions. What I'm going to do, put 20 seconds on the clock, like literally on your phone that you were just scrolling to distract from your sad feelings. 20 seconds on the clock, practice just sitting and feeling them. That's it. 20 seconds. And then build from 20 seconds to maybe a minute. Mm. And maybe eventually you can be like, all right, I'm going to feel feelings for like 20 minutes. And this is a practice that will simply give you more options. So it's not so that you can languish an emotion. It's so that you can understand what that emotion is about. And that's the only way to take care of that emotion. Because if you have a screaming child and you're like, kids scream, and then they stop, fuck it. I'll leave the kid alone in the room. No big deal. Yeah. Probably the child will eventually stop screaming, but you'll never know what was wrong and you will not have fixed the problem. Mm -hmm. And when it happens again, the child will scream more because it knows that no amount of screaming will get help. Right. Mm -hmm. And we are all that child. We are all that child. And so, so much of what I'm talking about in more like psychological or more dramatically woo terms, it's like reparenting yourself. It's being able to tolerate your own emotions and not being like, boys don't cry, tighten up, go do something, pray on it. It's being like, oh, what are these emotions? You know, what are they actually mm. communicating? Because most of the time, your emotions are telling you that you feel something for a reason. And the only way to figure that reason out is to sit with the emotions so that you can listen to them. Mm. And the only way to listen, to let your emotions like open up to you and like reveal what they're really about is for you to be trustworthy, which you're not currently trustworthy to that part of yourself because mm. you're constantly squashing it, judging it, repressing it. Right. Yeah. And this, you know, what I'm talking about is your deepest shit. If I'm being honest, right, this is why I was so happy you brought it up because I wasn't going to bring it up because I thought I did, you know, I, I pushed you hard enough. Yeah. And I'm thrilled that you brought it up. And I just recommend thinking about what we're talking about, engaging in a in a practice with it instead of being goal oriented. And, you know, I see you, you're really competitive. And so that's part of why I was like, make sure you're doing sports or you're beating something up routinely, because that will help you to be present with your emotions because you'll have like run some of your energy um, instead of needing to repress and disassociate from that energy. It's funny you say goal oriented versus practice. Cause like, that's a huge problem in my life is like, I'm really good at goals and I'm really bad at practice. Yeah. So like if I said, Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get totally in shape by three months right? I'll get in shape in three months. And then three months later, I'm back out of shape because I didn't have the goal. You know what I mean? I didn't have the yes. practice. So for me, it's the same goes with all the stuff you're talking about. It's like the daily practice. I really struggle at daily doing it. But if I have a, I got to get to this thing, it's easier for me. But that's obviously not how life works, where there's like a goal at the end of therapy, you know, therapy or meditation. It's like, I need to really focus on just daily practice, you mm -hmm. know? 
I mean, I think the goal, and this might not work for you, but setting the goal of by the age of, and you're how old now? 34. Okay. So like by the age of 36 or by the age of 37, I want to make sure that I am a man who knows how to feel his own feelings, like who can tolerate sadness. Mm. That's a goal. Um, That's true. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it does something to your brain where it sets like a limit, right? Like I am moving towards this limit and that's satisfying, right? Mm. It's not the same as being like, yeah, I'm going to like bench press X within three months. Like that's such an achievable goal for you. Right. Um, but having this like bigger picture goal, if you have support, you can cut it into smaller goals, which is like mm -hmm. tolerating sadness for 10 seconds, you know, right. or whatever. And that is achievable, but you know, you've got this Mars in the sixth house. So you're always going to want to like <laughs> compete with yourself and do your like personal best. Very Jodie Foster. You know what I mean? Like personal best, you know? Um, uh, so you're always going to want to do that. Yeah. And you just got to trick yourself just like you would do with a, your, a child. Like, you know, you right. want your kid to eat veggies. So sometimes you're like dessert is after veggies, make a choice. Okay. And, and that's, that's the move. But I do think physical exercise supports emotional patience for mm -hmm. you. So yeah. I wouldn't recommend one without the other. Okay. You know, I know I've been feeling that big time, by the way. So yeah. you're nailing it on the physical exercise thing has been like, you know, pounding it's, in my brain. So it's yes. the fucking thing. It is yeah. the thing. Um, I mean, if we were, again, if I was queen of the world and we were all made of money, I'd get you a pool. I would have you enough time. You wouldn't be running the business end of your business. You'd have support with that. And in that time that you would otherwise spend, I would have you doing fitness stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's, I just architected what I think is ideal for you. Can you fund this uh, dream, please? I wish I could. <laughs> if I could, I'd be super excited. But yes. no, I cannot. Okay, I got to understand. Well, it was, was yeah. worth a try. Thanks. <laughs> Um, I have a million more, but I think uh, I think it's Grayson's turn. But Grayson, um, you've been so patient, so patient. I've been trying. I just like that we ended on what Evan needs in life is like a house with a pool and a tennis court. And did I not? And then you'll be. Happy. And did I not just tell you the other day? Like, it's funny you said the pool specifically. I literally said, "I'm like all I need is a pool." You do. Like, I don't even care where I live. If I have a pool, everything's okay. Get an above ground. Honestly. Okay. If you could get an above ground or like, you know, they have those like short little pools, but they have a current and you're just like swimming. Oh, against yeah, the current. yeah, 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 yeah. That'd like do a, it for you because you'd be pushing <laughs> like yourself. Like a swim treadmill. Yeah. Those are that's wild. Right. That's right. That'd but be my amazing. Pa my parents just got like a massive above ground pool for like really? two grand. Wow. Really? Yeah. My, <laughs> it's really funny, but it's like a giant. I want to say it's it's like 25 or 30 feet long. Whoa. So it's like a big like normal pool size. 15 or 20 feet wide. Yeah, it's a full pool. Like you can swim laps in it. And it was less than the entire setup, including like leveling the ground, was less than 5K. Wow. I'm shocked. And water and filling it up. Like the whole thing. Really? My dad was very happy about wow, it. Wow, that, that does sound exciting. But it was like for a backyard, you don't need a 30 foot pool. But I'm just yeah. saying. I love it. I need to do it. I need to do it. It's attainable. You're right. I feel like the next time you do an episode of Chatty Bros, everyone's going to be like, but where's the pool? Yeah, so exactly. it's a lot of pressure. It's a goal. It's you're a welcome. goal. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Grayson, are we ready? I believe so. Are we? Hold on. Yeah. We're going to do to watch. I got to watch Evans. You pull up your chart. It's just black. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I, I have the wrong. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I got it. And <clears throat> scene. Okay. Here you are. Hold on. Um, before I 
do anything with you. Uh huh. Um, do you have any questions? Um, I loads, loads of like the very specific things you brought up with Evan of like what other specifics were not brought up. Um, like his dentistry was brought up. Yes. As well as like emotional trauma. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, like what the impetus for focusing on those things were as opposed to like other things that are probably in there. That's a great and weird question. Um, The reason why I brought up, for instance, the gums and and jaw and then the emotional trauma part is because they're connected. They came out of the same part of the birth chart. And so, for instance, like the sensitivity with gums from my astrological perspective is directly linked to something that actually Evan said about himself, which is like, I have a hard time just doing something like I have to do it as a goal. Like I can't just do a thing. These things are connected astrologically. So the like, of course, brushing your teeth, but not flossing. That's really classic of somebody who doesn't have healthy boundaries with themselves because you do what impacts others, what other people can see and not the really deep self-care thing. Right. So those things were connected. Um, And also it's like, who knows why I choose to talk about one thing and not another. Like, so there's like both, there is a logic and then there's also like, you know, we have a limited amount of time. So I was like, yeah, going with it. Does that make it does. Let me tell you why I'm not surprised you asked that question, even though I've not been asked that question very frequently before, because you, my friends have a lot of earth in your chart. You have a Mercury moon conjunction in Virgo in the eighth house. You also have eighth house stuff. So this is part of why when I first looked at your chart, I was like, do you really want someone rooting around in your head? Is that really what you want? It's not the most comfortable thing. It's funny, just to interject here, even just popping this out, having no idea what any of this means, it looks like, it just looks like the mirrored opposite of mine. Yeah, I was going to say, Evans was very very contained and like even the chart was very triangular, like mm -hmm. overlapping and mine was immediately like, it just was like, whoop. You're very different guys and you also have a lot that is similar about you. You're both emo. You're both intense um, in very different ways, though. Very different ways. So you, Grayston, with mm-hmm. this moon-mercury conjunction in Virgo in the eighth house are really analytic. For you, you want to understand a thing before you can accept it, especially emotionally. For you, you process your emotions through your head. And so when I said to Evan, I mean, I said hella shit to Evan, but the one thing you were like, no, was me saying like, don't do anything about your feelings. You're like, no, that I'm out. <laughs> like you lost me. Yeah. Because for you, you feel something and you analyze it kind of in the same instant. That's just how you're wired. Not everyone's wired that way. Why? But that's definitely how you're wired. Um, and there's that in your chart. You also have a Venus midheaven Pluto conjunction in Scorpio. This is another thing that makes you very private while at the same time, very public. It's super confusing, but you like to be in control about what's in public, what other people know about you and what they don't know about you. And having 
a private life and even secrets is very important to you. Mm-hmm. It looks very important to you. So I have to ask, what do you do for a living? Um, I own a climbing gym. Oh, say again. A client. I own a rock climbing gym. A rock climbing gym. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And but so you rock climb a lot, I'm assuming? I used to. Right. Until I started a business with it. Isn't that and stupid? Now I have to try very hard to make time for it. Yeah. But then in that, there's like, I mean, it's like the small business owner hustle is like, pro- pro- like being the proprietor of the space is like one thing, but it's also like how you make that function is like wearing so many different hats. Yeah. And then there's other like part-time jobs, I'd say, that just go in conjunction with being Becca's partner. Interesting. So I'm, st- I'm going in a really different direction. So it's not going to be identical to what I did with Evan. Bear with me here. But um, in your birth chart right now, mm-hmm. it looks like there's like a, a lot of change happening. Are you expecting another child or did you just have another child? Um, God, I hope we're not expecting another child. <laughs> Oops. Congrats, dude. No, but there's like, thanks, man. But no, there's like, um, I, there's, a, there is a lot of stuff going on right now. I'd say there's a lot of stuff in flux right now. Yeah. A lot. Um, yeah, like a lot. Uh, so it's hard to say. I mean, like we always talk about the business being like a third child. But mm-hmm. within that, there are potentials for like that to take on a whole new life. Um, but that's all very ambiguous and up in the air right now. So it's kind of there's like potential for growth, like a lot of potential for growth and change in that world. Um, but I just don't really know what's happening with it at the moment. I don't think you're going to know for about a year. I think it's going to be up in the air and that could be a really exciting thing. It could be a really annoying and frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't want another child, I'm going to strongly recommend to remember where babies come from and take mm. appropriate action, my friend. Okay. You know what I mean, right? Yes, I do. Uh, because you could have an unplanned pregnancy. You're going through a transit that is associated with unplanned pregnancies. So. You don't yeah. say. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry. I said you don't say. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do say. I do say. So, you know, I mean, it's not that hard to work around that. You know what to do. Mm-hmm get her done. Okay. That said, your career, it's, it's very different, but kind of similar to Evan. It's like your career, how you make money, but it's not just about money at all. It's about what you're known for and what you put into the world, how you engage with the world. That is going through a period of kind of destabilization. And within that destabilization is room for you to innovate and to create something new and something that's more authentic to who you are. Um, I think you took a really authentic idea and, and please tell me if this is accurate, but it looks like you took a really authentic idea and then you made it practical like you do. And in that process, maybe didn't make it as authentic as you wish. Now in this upcoming year, So it's been going on for a few months now. Um, But since the summer of 2022 and through the summer of 23 is your time to fuck with it, you know, to make it more you. I do recommend that you take chances and taking chances is a weird thing for you. On the one hand, 
I, I bet you take a lot of risks and you're quite bold in many ways. And on the other hand, you can kind of overthink things and hedge and then all of a sudden kind of like clip your own wings. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the reason why you do that is because you don't actually spend, do you spend time alone? Not a ton of time. No, you don't spend enough alone is what I was going to say. And I was like, let me, let me make sure I'm seeing this right. But you don't, it doesn't look like you spend enough time alone. You don't spend enough time alone for a variety of reasons. Some of it's the busyness of life, but some of it is not dissimilar from what I said to Evan in that when you sit alone with yourself, your brain goes straight to what needs to be done. It goes straight to like, what am I supposed to be doing? And it can happen like in a like busy work kind of way, but it also happens in a very existential way. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> and it's like a, it's a very easy set of emotions and thoughts to want to avoid because you are such a busy person. You also have a sun Mars conjunction and Evan had a sun Mars square. They're different aspects, but again, pretty similar in that you're like, uh, you have, you have a, like the will to do something and then you're instantly motivated to do it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, your ego and your will are connected in your birth chart. They aren't for everybody, but they are for you. That's why you have all these, all these conjunctions kind of connect the energies of planets so that, you know, you have a thought and it's emotional right away. You, you're identified emotionally with it, or you have a feeling and you start analyzing it right away. That's why that functions. And similarly, that Sun-Mars conjunction, you are most comfortable in your own skin when you're making shit happen right? So when you're metaphorically climbing a mountain, when you're metaphorically running a marathon, um, as well as actually doing those things, and it makes you a highly functional adult in lots of ways. And in some ways, it kind of keeps the darkness away. So when you were a kid, did you have a stint with depression? Yeah. Yeah. And have you had it as an adult? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And okay. also... Do you mind if I talk about it for a minute? No. Okay. Here's the thing. And I guess I should ask before I keep start going is your experience of depression. Was it clinical depression? You know, did you get, you know, scared? Was there like a diagnosis, that kind of thing? Uh, sort of just now, like I'd say the last few months addressing it clinically. Mm -hmm. But when you were a kid, it wasn't. No. Okay. Um, and you're also from a religious background? No. Oh, okay. You're not. Great. Uh, I mean, not like, I'm not trying to shit on religious backgrounds. I just was trying to locate myself here. Okay. Um, so I look at your birth chart. I see the tendency towards depression. Uh, it's like an anxious form of depression, right? Or a depressive form of anxiety. I don't know. Like pick your, pick your poison. That, that but, is literally what we just went over actually with my yeah, yeah therapist and psychiatrist and I have that, that now too because the 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 way that you experience depression is really from my perspective the so it's it's depression here right but if mm -hmm. we like dig if we if we like put down the spoon and we dug with like a shovel right um it's existential malaise it's what is the point of being alive? 
Like, what is the point of anything? And this feeling that you have is counterbalanced by a sense of purpose driven by action, right? So for you, action and analysis keep the darkness away. Or so it seems. But Mm -hmm. the fun part about getting older is you can't keep your insides away from you. Uh, The older you get, the harder that shit is to pull off. And so I'm glad that you're working with therapists and stuff like that who can support you with that. And, you know, if you feel if, if medication is like appropriate, I'm glad that you're getting it. You are currently going through some really difficult transits and some really supportive transits. And the difficult one that I want to speak to is called Neptune opposite the moon. It's a once in a lifetime transit that doesn't happen to everybody. And it's, uh, I mean, you're in like a four year period of really intense anxiety. Neptune opposite the moon kicks up anxiety in a really intense way. And it's like, there's nothing, it's not like you can like analyze your way out of this. It's not like you can uh, find a goal, master the goal. I don't feel anxious anymore. Like this is like an unusual period for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I actually just started meds because of all that. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting support (laughs) with it. I wanna say it's not gonna last forever. Is it freaking you out that this is working? Uh, It's just wild how, this is all very relevant to the stuff I've been like trying to figure out in like the last few months. Yeah. So, yeah. well, again, you know, when I was prepping your, when I was like, look at your chart before we all got together, this moon, Mercury and Virgo, this stuff in Scorpio at the top of your chart, you don't want some fucking strange woman or man, whatever. You don't want some stranger telling you your deepest shit. I mean, you do, but you really don't. So I want to just like be like, yeah, I respect you. I, I, I Thank you for being brave. Uh, it's good news, good news. And listen, everyone needs their secrets in their private life. I am not a huge fan of like, I know in 2022, everyone puts 100% of their shit out in public all the goddamn time. I'm not about that so much. I, I am a big fan of privacy and I think for you in your mental health, privacy is a part of how you manage your mental health, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me say, I'm glad you have like some sort of like anti-anxiety, antidepressive meds. And if they don't work, you know, I would just say like adjust. Obviously they've told you like whatever, that's normal, just adjust as needed. But I will say there's a reason why you're feeling anxious. And that reason is because of a couple things. One is you're feeling your feelings and you're usually re- much better at not feeling your feelings, except mm-hmm. for the ones you want to feel, right? Um, very Virgo moon of you. And this is where I come back to this like existential shit in your chart, because there are many ways of going about this. You can um, get a little woo, you know, get into spiritual invest self-investigation. Um, you could not exactly get woo, but develop a meditation practice, which would be physically challenging for you. So it would be like, it would give something in your like ambitious nature, something to chew on, you know? Um, And it would give you a relationship to spaciousness that I think would be very efficient for you, very effective and efficient for you. Um, But you could also start reading more philosophy, And that would start to get at it too. But what it is that I'm pointing you to is the need for exploring that which is immaterial and not linear. 
because those are the parts of your own psyche and of the human condition that it looks like make you uncomfortable and are kind of like at the root of what's eating at you. And I imagine that part of what's happening is like the world. Like, I mean, I don't know how political you are. Are you, are you a very political person? I'd say like, I feel very disheartened by politics, but like what is wrapped up in politics, I feel very passionate about. Okay. So you're more interested in like social justice than politics. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like my situation with like religion or spirituality is like the thing of like, I'll, I can't deal with institutions. I cannot deal with an organized structured form or like understanding of any of it. Cause I think that's where like human flaw and arrogance comes in. I'm more so into like the, just anything that's not being anything where I'm not being told this is actually how it is, is I'm like, you know, <laughs> you Says are basically you. a poster child for a moon mercury conjunction in virgo i just any astrology girls who are listening to this are going to be like yeah he's just moon and virgo but i respect you i respect you a just lot. like i mean it's just logic to me of like the moment someone says like this is how something otherworldly functions i'm like you don't know that right that's, that's right ar- that's like that is the most arrogant yeah do you know and it's then, true yeah. So I'm just sort of, I don't like any of that. And that's kind of the thing with like politi- po- politics right now, it just feels very red team, blue team. Mm-hmm. And there just seems like logic's been thrown out the window. Okay. So even though it's important, I got, okay. I got lots to say. Thing one, you're totally right. It is arrogant and it's not possible to really know anything except for like very linear material things. Mm-hmm. And also you're totally wrong. And people have lots of experiences and they know things. They're both true. Mm -hmm. And that's that statement that two things can be true at once that are kind of contradicting things is hard for you to accept in the spiritual realm, even though you can be like, yeah, my wife's friends, I really find her annoying and I like having dinner with her, like, or whatever. Like you're comfortable with that. Like you're Mm -hmm. comfortable with certain things that are like, yes and no, but on the spiritual level, not as much. And I ask about politics because we are living through a very, a tipping point, a tipping point. And I think it's fucking you up in a really personal way. And I don't know how much you're talking about it with people. I don't know how much you're like, how much is coming from being like educated about what's happening. um, Or if it's just like you feeling it, but you're a person who likes to know what comes next, what's possible, what's not. And we're at a tipping point. And a lot of what we know comes next ain't ain't that good. And there's a lot of things we don't know because we're dealing with a lot of unprecedented things, socially, politically, environmentally, right? And then a cascade of things like economically, yada, yada from there. And that's not good for your brain. Like it's not good for anyone. I don't think anyone feels like chill about it, Um, but it's really not good for your brain. And I would say that it does something specific to that existential part of your nature. Did you ever read any like Camus? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So when I say existential, you know what I'm, what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. It does something to the existential part of your nature that 
intensifies that depressive, anxious part of you. And it intensifies it because, yeah, there's nothing anyone can do, right? It's too much. It's We're not just dealing with like one thing or one person. We're dealing with like systems and societies and a whole time. And that's really hard for you to tolerate. And so it gets sublimated. And when you sublimate it, it goes from depression to anxiety, sadness to anxiety. And that's easier, as hard as that is, as much as you don't like it, it is easier for you in the short term than dealing with the existential malaise. But I definitely recommend finding ways of exploring your existential malaise. And I and I said ways, not a way, mm-hmm. because it's not that you're like polyamorous in this way, as I said to Evan, right? It's that you need to have control. You've got Pluto in the ninth house, conjunct the midheaven. You've got a stellium in the eighth house. Don't worry. You don't need to know what those things mean. But okay. trust me, you need control. You do not want a guru. You do not want a person who tells you what to do, how to do it, or one person who has the like combination to your box of secrets. Who are we kidding? You have many boxes of secrets, hidden, buried. Like that's just how, that's how you're wired. And that's healthy and good for you. Like that's not, that's not a criticism, but when it comes to your spiritual and just like, you know, your wife's going to hear this. So it's not like I'm talking about like interpersonal secrets, talking about like your personal innermost psychological and emotional life. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so for you, you need to have a sense of control, which means you might want to like take like a part to this person and a part to that person so that you can put the parts together in privacy. And that's what works for you. The key is, honestly, to the key is for you to have the willingness to improve the quality of your life in a substantial way and not just on a kind of more surface level way. Like you're getting help because the anxiety was trash, right? Um, But what's harder for you is like, I am experiencing malaise and discomfort. That's much harder for you to prioritize helping yourself around. You help yourself when the building's on fire and it's hard for you to do it when you're just like, maybe that's smoke. Like, and that's ideally when you would do it, right? The thing that's happening in your life, hold on, let me just move this. Sorry, there it is. Oh yeah. The thing that's happening in your life right now it's really confronting you with being out of control, whether or not you're actually out of control or it's like an elute, like it's just like how you think or what you feel. That's really what's happening. And um, yeah, that, that sucks. It, it's really uncomfortable and it sucks. And the way that feeling out of control tends to land in your system is through your body and your psyche. Like that's what tends to happen. So you either have physiological responses or psychological responses. And so I do want to encourage you to pay attention to your body um, because you're getting support with the anxiety, but pay attention to your body because you do really tense up. And do you have like tummy issues? Sometimes not often, not like super often, but like, yeah, I'll get, if I'm really stressed out, or if I'm really anxious, I'll get t- stomach issues. Yeah. It's like where it's where it goes. It looks like. Um, 
so by the time your stomach is feeling it, you know that you've really abandoned yourself or tried to intellectualize something that needs more care and attention. And if you start seeing it that way, instead of like, oh, I'm stressed and therefore my stomach hurts, it's more like, oh, my stomach hurts. That means I've been ignoring myself. That is like a small but meaningful reframe that can really help you because you know it's happening before it gets that bad, but you wait often until it gets that bad because then you have like a reason, quote unquote, like it's like mm -hmm. an actionable problem. Um, and you don't need to do that to yourself. And within this period of your life, you're going through a Saturn conjunction to your North node in the first house. It's intercepted in the first house. So I want to just, I want to just validate that you're going through some crazy shit. Like this is hard for you. This is like, you're being confronted with um, very personal, very private questions about who you are, how you are, and whether or not you're going to give yourself permission to explore those things instead of, I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to get the answer. Action, consequence, action, consequence. I don't want to take that from you. I mean, being a practical person is a really good skill and I'm a big fan, but a lot of what you're dealing with is like psychological, spiritual, it's emotional. And it's really uncomfortable. And it would be even if you were like super chill with all those things, but um, it's an uncomfortable period. It's not a bad period. And I would tell you if I was like, oh, you're screwed right now. I'm so sorry. I have said that to countless people over the years. That's not what I'm seeing. It's that it's, that it's challenging because of how real it is. And you have to make a decision about what kind of a person you are and you want to be. And that's, that taps in again to this existential part of you um, that goes straight to malaise, like deep, profound existential malaise. And that's not, there's no motivation in that. Like what's the point when you're feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And so developing again, some sort of a, a point of reference or a practice around thinking about this stuff, talking about this stuff, having tools in your toolkit for engaging with it will make, a meaningful difference, not just to this period, but to the forward, like the, the future trajectory of your life. And it, within all of this, I got to say, you need time alone. Like I, you have every single thing in your chart says you need time alone. And so I know it's hard when you have a partner and a business and a kid and, you know, all the things or multiple kids. I don't know. You've multiple kids, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to create time alone, but I would say like hot tip, you're socializing, you're overwhelmed. You're starting to like, whatever, like not feel right. Go to the bathroom. I know it's not a ladies room. I wish you had a ladies room to go to. Cause we have stalls. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can hide. It's clean in there. I don't know if it's as good advice for a dude. Um, go, but you see what I'm saying? It's like remove yourself, like taking a smoke break without smoking. Do you smoke? I used to. Okay. You did quit. Mm -hmm. Good. You've got sensitive lungs. So I'm really glad you that. And you do floss, don't you? Uh, yeah. I'll floss more than I brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. It's that. Mer so it's, it's the opposite thing. It's that mercury moon in Virgo that inclines you to flossing. Uh, and you're a good flosser. You're a good flosser. So good on, good on you for that. Good job. Um, Thanks, Evan. 
Was that? Are you being, are you jealous? No, I'm he said, good job. I said, thank yeah. you. And I am jealous. Yeah. I need to be a better philosopher. <laughs> it's the most it's important. Nice. It's the most important thing. What? It's very important. I mean, it's very important, but I will say now that I'm on your body, uh, you have to be careful with sugar. Do you drink? Like alcohol or? Yeah. Not a ton. Okay, great. And do you consume a lot of sugars? Yes. Okay. I like candy. <laughs> you like candy? because Yeah, he always laughs. I'm usually driving. I usually have, like the other day, I had a fistful of candy spaghetti that I offered to him and Jess. Because <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get like bags of candy for the... The drive yeah, you usually show up to the house. podcast with some candy. For yeah, sure. I was eating sour gushers on the way to your house. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well uh, then I will say to you two things. One thing, yeah, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, uh, and the other thing is, isn't there diabetes in the family? Type two diabetes? Uh, yeah, my brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it shows up in your sure. chart. It shows up in in your like DNA, like in but your genealogy. That's wild because my brother's adopted. Oh. But then I also think in my mom's side, there's probably a couple people. Mm. There's. They're, it's know, in your family, is what it looks like. Western farmers. What's that? Say again? So there, a lot of my mom, my mom's family is all like Midwestern farmers. It's all probably onset. Yeah. You unfortunately have the marker for it. And it's not, you know, Great. type one. It's, it's, it's adjustable by behavior. But mm-hmm. you. Craves, I mean, no one needs a reason to like candy, obviously, Mm -hmm. but astrologically, uh, the reason why you crave sweetness in the way you do is because it's like material. You want life to be sweet. It is not sweet, but candy spaghetti is, you know, it's very literal of you. Very literal. Um, (laughs) I want my life to be sweet. I like candy. (laughs) It's very literal. And it's very classic, like Capricorn shit. I didn't say this before, but you have a Capricorn rising. You've got um, th- four plan- planets. I mean, you've got three planets and your rising sign are all in Capricorn. So you got a lot of Capricorn in you. Um, and that's the horse mermaid, right? Yes. The horse mermaid? <laughs> Wait, I think so. Wait, it's a goat. Is that, is well, that what you think is a horse mermaid? One with, it's like the hooves and it's got the tail. Yeah, you're right. right? It's not okay. a horse mermaid, but it, it's a sea goat. <laughs> okay, a sea goat. Okay. Yeah, but the but I really liked your interpretation. I feel like we should change it. So I'm going to write to someone about that. But yeah, it's a sea goat. <laughs> um, horse mermaid. I, just, horse I, mermaid. I identified with that so much. I didn't know what you're talking about, but I was like, that's some shit I would say. Like, <laughs> we don't know anything. We oh, don't know anything, and I respect it so much. And also, I instantly knew you meant the right thing mm-hmm. for whatever it's worth. But it's definitely a horse mermaid. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you're, um, yeah, you have a lot of indicators for you need to be careful with your sugar, you know, okay. and that, of course, can impact your teeth. Mm-hmm. So be a better brusher. Um, but I feel like there was something I was going to say and I've lost it, but I, but it showed me something else, which is this. You're currently going through a Pluto conjunction to the Ascendant. So do you, do you, you have a shrink, right? You have a therapist that you talk to. Mm-hmm. Is it a dude? No, it's a woman. Hmm. Have you ever had therapy with a man before? Yes. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Um, listen, I'm not mad at your therapist. I'm not trying to take business away from her, but I do see the value of you having a male therapist specifically. Okay. Um, I just feel like there's certain things that are going to come up with another man that might not for you be comfortable with a woman. Um, so I just want to like 
throw that in the mix. This is a very important time to stay in therapy for you because you need one hour a week that is 100% yours, that you don't have to feel guilty where you're not responsible to anything or anyone but yourself. That's why you need therapy right now. It's not because your anxiety is so terrible, although maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because you need dedicated you time and you are changing like a lot and you're going to change a lot. And that is not a bad thing. Uh, it's not a good thing. It's a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the more willing you are to change and to challenge your assumptions and your habits, the better your outcomes are going to be in this period of your life. But the next two years, two to three years, it just doesn't look super stable. And so again, finding stability within yourself, finding uh, more comfort in uh, instability is really important. And I should say, some people hear me say instability or not stable, and they, they think that means bad. I don't think that means bad. It just means not consistent, like not as reliable and predictable. Um, And you really like predictability. Um, You're really good at kind of like forecasting, like what's going to happen and how people are going to respond and all that kind of stuff. And that skill that you have is invaluable in life. And it also gets in your way because you can kind of adjust based on what you kind of can project into what will happen so that you can get better results instead of learning how to cope which is part of why the anxiety is like here right now, because Mm -hmm. you have got to cope and it's, it's a, it's a lot. So I've just dropped a lot of heavy stuff on you. Tell me, what are your questions or what would you like me to look at or talk about? Well, first it's just like, it's, it feels like another like validation of a lot of stuff I've been like feeling that's been coming up that I'm now like taking steps towards. Um, I think like my only question is if there's, like you were saying, like my first instinct to the instability was more like, oof, gosh, like that's the last thing I want to be dealing with is more instability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like that you were saying it's more like inconsistency because I think like, just a simple question of like, what do you do for a living right now is very complicated for me. Mm. Cause like technically like this is what I'm doing for a living is this, but like I own this whole, I own this like big business. Um, and that's like my relationship to that's changing my like a re- relationship to a lot of things we're doing for financially or shifting. Um, I mean, like I also have a nonprofit that's ramping up a lot so like there's like there's so many different things where i'm like putting my time and each one of them feels like a full-time situation Mm. even outside of kids so i don't know if like my questions are more so towards like the coping things because i think that's like um i mean the stuff you're saying about like making time alone are conversations i'm already having of like beck is really encouraging me to just like take a trip by myself somewhere for like two Mm. days even just like a like a staycation by myself somewhere like it doesn't have to be far um and it's also not like a like a like surfing trip or something like that like you're saying like something to sit and be just with myself and not distracted 
Um, but yeah, I think my only questions are more like specifics on coping. On yeah. Like if there's anything or like in this of like in this convergence that's coming up, if it's like a crossroads type of thing of like certain decisions I'll make are going to lead me in one way. If I take like another opportunity, like if I take a different direction, it's going to be like this whole other pathway. Yeah. Sort of like you're saying of, of choices of like there's potential for a third literal child not like a figurative one so it's like okay like i could prevent that if i want it or i can steer straight into that yeah so i think that's kind of my question about this is it the pluto convergence yeah it's there's a pluto conjunction to your conjunction and then a neptune opposition to your moon and then a uranus opposition to your midheaven and venus Mm -hmm. i got answers i got well i got attempts at answers okay let's put the pluto okay So Pluto is a planet that governs our survival mechanisms. And when you, and I I should say, all of these transits are once in a lifetime transits that don't happen to everybody. So if you feel like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening in my life? You are on target, my friend. Like that is a thing. So I just want to acknowledge that. Pluto, Whenever we go through Pluto transits, that always lasts two years long, okay? And you're less than a year into this one. Um, What happens is we are called upon to let go of what is no longer serving us or what we've outgrown. And we have to let go in order to receive whatever comes next or create whatever comes next. And Pluto is a lot like the undertow of the ocean. You, You surf? Yeah. Okay. So you know... If you fight the undertow, you will die from drowning. And if you get caught up in undertow and you really like let your body go limp, you will just, you'll be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Pluto for you. Pluto, it engages our survival mechanisms in such a way that if you fight against them, you make it worse on yourself. And if you're like, oh, I'm really activated right now. When I'm really activated, I know that I can't figure anything out because I'm activated. First, I need to get to a more neutral state. Then I can cope with the content. So that's a major piece of advice for me. It's identify that you're activated. If you can, number it. One to 10. 10 is I'm so activated, I'm going to murder somebody, including, you know, maybe you're, you know, whatever, whatever the feeling is for you. And then getting to a state of neutrality. And you can do that through any number of things. You have a lot of tools, right? Um, We can talk about that more, but I feel like you have tools. So getting to a state of neutrality or something close to neutrality. And then when you're in a place of neutrality, you can make a decision. Do I want to return to the content that's activating? Or do I need to return to the content that's activating? Or do I want to like bookmark it, put it in my phone, schedule it for like three hours from now or a day from now or whatever? Because when you're activated, you do everything on your own and you do it like the sky is falling and it makes you unhappy and you don't get the best results, right? So that's one bit of advice. Another bit of advice is, I mean, I think it comes back to therapy, actually. Um, I'm really glad that you're, that Becca's encouraging you to take a trip. Do you like the desert? I know you live in LA, but do you like the desert? Well, I was born in it. Born in the desert. <laughs> yeah, no, I like. I really like the desert. I, I like the like desert a lot. I like the openness and like the vastness of the desert. 
I, I'm like you, less. You like the emptiness of the desert. Yeah, I do. And the quietness and the mm -hmm. sort of like, it's endless yep. in a way. That's your two day, like alone vacation. I recommend you go someplace desolate and okay. deserty. That's what's going to match what you're going through in a way that will be very soothing for you. And it'll be a cathartic experience. And, you know, I, I don't know if you like live closer to the ocean in LA or like in, or not, but like for you, yes, of course the ocean is glorious for everybody, but you're really a desert person. And, you mm -hmm. know, deserts are really just like once was oceans. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's something about that emptiness that is perfect for your, your Capricorn placements in the 12th house. So you may need to like do a monthly, like overnight stay if that's possible. And it's maybe unrealistic, but it's like a nice fantasy goal. So if you could do it, you know, a couple times a year, amazing. Right. The other thing I'll say in terms of how to cope, right. Is this Neptune moon opposition. Neptune moon opposition wants us to simplify our material concerns and look at you, nonprofit, two businesses, children, wife, life, so many things. And who's going to go to the candy store if not you? So like, there's a lot going on. What this transit wants from you is to simplify things so that you can get to the root of them and deal with like the distilled issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when you find yourself doing something that you're very good at, which is making things complicated and getting into the details, um, you'll find that you experience anxiety, which is in, a, in an unusual for you way. And that's how you know when you start to experience that anxiety, oh, I need to make this more simple. I need to really simplify. So when the anxiety kicks in, it's always, how can I simplify what I'm dealing with? How can I focus on just one thing at a time, just one thing. And that one thing can be your emotions. That one thing can be traffic. That one thing can be, you know, responding to like 50 people in your inbox. Mm -hmm. But whatever that one thing is, it's about not allowing your brain to start chewing on other things. And a good way of achieving that for you is by creating auditory distractions in that actually help you with focus. So you're somebody who could like listen to music and write an email, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I would say for you, um, I wouldn't recommend like a podcast on in the background, but I would recommend music with lyrics. Um, when you're having anxiety, having that auditory distraction is very soothing because it gives your brain something to hold on to. If you're having trouble with sleep in this period, which is very possible, I would say um, a sound machine would be really useful to you because again, it gives your little analyzer something to attach to that's not obsessive thoughts about your life or the world. Um, in regards to the third culprit, which is Uranus, who, who's fucking with you. Um, so it's interesting. Neptune and Uranus both govern anxiety, but from a really different place. Neptune gives us anxiety of like, what will happen? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yikes. Uranus is your nervous system. And so it's more like your heart rate's accelerated. You're you're, you're in the future, you're in the future, you're making plans, you're in the future, you're chewing your head, right? And you're getting fucked with by both planets. And so 
because of that, again, the anxiety, I mean, I'm really glad you got help with it because it's fucked. It's like a lot of anxiety for you right now. And Mm -hmm. so Uranus is stimulating your nervous system, right? Actually, let me look at your heart. Hold on. Okay. So are there cardiovascular issues in your family? Like heart disease in the family? Um, I'd need to check, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. Are your grandparents still with us? Nope. And did they pass? Do you know how they passed? Um, all different. One of them was in a drunk driving accident. One oh, was sorry. like Alzheimer's. One was just like mental health. Another one um, was cancer. Mm, I'm sorry. So none of that's heart disease, which is great. Although, I mean, it's all terrible, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you have a Saturn-Sun conjunction, which, you know, it can make you a little type A. You know what I'm saying? Which is hard on the cardiovascular system. So um, this is where, you know, your anxiety level. And again, I'm, I want to acknowledge I am referencing multiple kinds of anxiety, which is maybe a little confusing. Tell me if it is. Um, but there is a form of anxiety that you're going through. That's like, are you having insomnia? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that part of your anxiety. It's like obsessive in the future kind of thinking that's fucking with your heart rate. That's stress. It's just fucking stress. Mm -hmm. And that part of you needs, hold on. Let me just see what's best. Say your full name out loud. Grace and James Leonard. You're missing a name. Do you know what name you're missing? Uh, Potentially Joseph. Yeah. What is that name? Uh, well, my dad's middle name is my dad's James Joseph Leonard II. And then there was, I forget if it was official or not, but there was a point of like the debating naming me after his dad, which would have made me James Joseph Leonard III. I see that that's, so there was a debate on Grayston James Joseph Leonard. Okay. All four first names. You've done something really interesting (laughs) with your life. You've really taken a different path than your family, eh? Yeah. Very different. Yeah. I mean, like in terms of my, I find most of my family to be like highly unrelatable. Yeah. I'm sure it's a little mutual, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like I talk with like my dad and I talk a lot now because like, I mean, my family's really involved in my business. So we talk a lot about stuff like that, but uh, the way our brains think, the way that we look at life, the, yeah, I find like my mom and dad, my brother, all my cousins, like every, almost everyone in my family, I find highly unrelatable. Yeah. And usually I'm on like a very different different page where I see it. Like if we're being somewhere, I have a totally separate sense of humor, like almost like feels very alien in a way. Mm-hmm. Not that I like feel alienated from my family, but there is like a sense of like feeling very isolated. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, you are very different from them. And uh, that North note, you've got this Aquarius stuff in the first house all to say, yeah, you do feel like an alien. You've always felt that way with them. It looks like, Um, but hold on. Yeah. I guess in regards to the anxiety that I'm referring to now, 
there's two things that are coming up and I want to get the first one out of the way, which mm-hmm. is that it brings me back to the existential crisis. You are really just like, what am I doing? What is a human? What is a, what is a man? What is a person? What is a life? Like you're really going through that. And it is, um, it's not, you're not shaking it loose because you're not supposed to, you got to deal with this. You got to think mm-hmm. about it. You got to write about it. You got to read about it. You got to have conversations about it. This is where you're at. And, um, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm pointing Evan towards woo, I'm not pointing you towards woo. I think you'll fuck with woo, but I don't, that, that's not the point for you. The point is exploring many different ideas so that you can come up with your own, mm-hmm. you know, having lots of conversations and not being so private about this stuff. Um, because then you're only sharing it when you're in crisis and that's not comfortable for you. Um, so there's that part. The other part is. Hold on. Let me just see if this is right. Yeah. You got to breathe, man. You got to breathe. Do you breathe? Are you holding your breath right now? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just got to breathe. <laughs> He's like. <"Gah." laughs> it's, it's, I'm happy that it's a simple answer. I was like, why can't I see it? And I was like, oh, because you're holding your breath. Um, yeah. You just got to breathe. So when your anxiety, your physiological anxiety starts to kick up, because that's what's keeping you up at night. It's like physiological. It's. You're, you're pairing thoughts to it, but it's really like you're just you're getting clenched. That's when you just need to ask yourself, am I breathing? And honestly, I want to say just as an aside, I recommend you get a transcript of this conversation so that you can refer to it without listening to it. So you don't have to hear my voice, but you can just like extrapolate the data that's relevant to you. Um, that will be really helpful. It'll be a, a really good resource for you. Okay. But uh, yeah, you just fucking breathe like. And there's a million different breathing exercises that are out there. Um, and there's a lot of like shtick behind it, which is really good for you. You like a little shtick, like mm-hmm. the psychological evidence behind why you're supposed to breathe and how it affects your brain. You're going to be into that. So learn and then adopt. And if it doesn't work, stop using it. Right. And this will really help you. And, you know, as an astrologer, I have access to something that psychologists don't, which is this document of your birth chart that shows me the different places, the different forms of anxiety are emerging from, or the ways in which your depressiveness functions. You know, I'm not in the business of diagnosing people. Um, And I'll tell you this, when I look at your birth chart, I see that you are definitely a very depressive person and it's an anxious form of depression, but you're a depressive person. It does not look to me like you have uh, clinical depression that is chronic. It looks like you have the presentation of clinical depression at times. Um, and those times usually happen after you've been icing yourself, like not talking to yourself, not listening to yourself for a period of time and not spending enough time alone. And so Uh, This is not to like negate you having a shrink, taking meds. I think those things are fucking wonderful and necessary right now. But it is to say that I can see these like different pieces. Like there's like like an objectifying that happens in the birth chart. And I think that uh, as much as I was like, 
Kristen doesn't want an astrology reading. As much as I have that idea, I also see how this is uniquely helpful to you because it's like I'm able to objectify and label things. And that really works for your brain, um, knowing that there are different kinds of anxiety that are coming from different places and they do require different remediation is good for you to know um, because you can work with that. And also you like bite-sized pieces and this gives you bite-sized pieces. So that's very good for you. Um, I will say, and what's your nonprofit about? Um, making uh, outdoor opportunities for kids and young adults. Awesome, great. Um, I was gonna ask you if it was environmental. So it's like kind of not, it's not like a climate yeah. thing, but it is no. a, it's a being in nature. It's not like, yeah, exactly. It's about nature interaction. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's outside. your happy place. That's so healthy for you. So <laughs> I'm glad you're doing that. I will say when I look at your birth chart, I do think that the climate crisis is fucking you up. Um, it looks like it's really something that, that impacts you. Does that feel right? Um, I mean, yeah, like there's a lot of what I do is out, like it's all outside. So like if, you know, water temperature is changing slightly or things are rising, like that affects like, I mean, one, it's like, you know, I in the, the ocean's like a playground for me. Mm. So like those things are definitely affected. Um, or like, you know, predictability of storm seasons or stuff like that. Just talking yeah. like surfing, like swell prediction, all of that is like all tied into it. So that's, there's definitely like, it's upsetting when those seasons, that stuff is shifting, but then also like outside, like weather conditions for climbing, it's like, you know, you're used right now, for instance, should be the start, like the very beginning of outdoor climbing season, mm. but it's what it's fucking 90 degrees and humid humid and it was a hundred so year weird. in san francisco it was what 114 yeah. around yeah. there just last week like that's not supposed to be what we're experiencing right now yeah so like that's just on that level like just on a very subtle surface level is like that's not what we're supposed to be dealing with right now and so like i find yeah it's like if i go deep into that there's i mean there's a side of um it's like, I mean, it just, it pings on a lot of things you were saying of like, I firmly do believe in the whole like ignorance is bliss thing because it's like, once you know, for me, it's like, once we know, and it like, once I know and acknowledge that it's like everything else that's under underlying that yeah of like, okay. And it triggers all those feelings you were talking about of like, what is the point? Yeah, that's right. Your chart is written in such a way. I'm not surprised to hear you say those things that I would say finding some sort of resource, whether it's like writing or like TED Talks, whatever resonates for you, finding a resource that deals with the existential crisis of the climate crisis that some people are a lot more impacted by than others, I think would be really helpful to that part of your psyche that is existential and struggling right now. And it would help your anxiety. Your brain might say, don't learn more. If you learn more, you'll suffer more. And on the surface, that's true. But I will say to you, sir, you are smarter than you should be. You are too smart for your own good. Like you really 
are noticing things, you are taking things in, your analyzer doesn't shut up. And so for you, having more knowledge and support around the knowledge that you have, I think will actually be quite supportive and quieting to that depressiveness, that existential depressiveness. Because I think more and more people are suffering from like environmental depression, like depression from the climate, right? And what does it mean and what can we do? Um, I do think finding resources for that would be supportive because my sense looking at your birth chart is that that is kind of at the roots of some of your some of your psychological stress right now. Um, so I'm just going to put that in your pipe. You can smoke it later or not as, as you will, you know? Okay. Um, so I know I've been talking to you guys for a very long time. I just want to see, do either of you have any more questions, anything you want me to talk about in particular, Grayson, is there anything more you want me to look at or talk about? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd want to, I, privately maybe yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> i respect you mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah. and i want to know his secrets so if you could yeah, please well, tell that's, me those. that makes sense so we'll just uh no uh we will do none of that i wasn't even i was about to tease you grayston but then i was like no i can't even do that i'm not even gonna do that because energetically that's a no-no so we're not doing that we're not gonna tease him about being private i mean you can I won't. You can. I, I can take it, but it's just I won't. It won't cause me to open up about any of it. No, it won't. I'll <laughs> <laughs> shut it down more. Um, okay, I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but I do have one parting one, at least for myself. Sure. Uh, fatherhood. What about it? I want to know, like, your thoughts on, Hold on from my from what you've seen about me, like. How is there is there a way that I can thrive as a father? Like either that's the way that I am with my daughter or the way that I am with myself. I just want I don't know, I just sometimes sure. struggle with this with the concept of fatherhood in regards to you know, is it the teaching aspect? It is the playful aspect, is it just the love aspect? Is it you know, I don't know, I, I get caught up kind of in like maybe do I need to be this way or is it yep. if I take care of myself, it'll just come naturally. I don't know. I'm glad you asked that question again. It's like, I know I threw a lot of shit at you, but I was, I, I like, um, I didn't bring it up because it felt private actually. Um, so I did. So I'm glad you're asking about it. And I pulled your chart back up here. Um, so you're a mixed, you know, parenting is, is like a mixed thing and you have one and you're sticking there. Right. So far. Okay, I'm so not you're gonna maybe more have later, more kids? but maybe I don't know. We but we've just been talking about it again for the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hold on, let me look at that. Are you very intentional around where babies come from and making sure that you don't have surprises? Pretty, yeah, because our our first one was a surprise. You know, our our yeah. our baby was a surprise, and so I think we're like, okay, if if it's that easily done, then we <laughs> need to at least you know, if it's that if it can happen yeah. that quickly, then we need to be careful and intentional if we are ready for another one that like yeah. we don't or we do. You know, I want to say it does look like you're intentional about it, different than Grayston. Um, so I don't see a surprise for you, okay? Um, and that actually looks really good. Now, in regards to parenting let's see is it like a lot of things i want to say hold on bear with me bear with me let me see 
fifth house. So that's okay. Um, it's complicated. Parenting's complicated, Avi. So here we go. The thing I was talking about earlier about how you're really trying to figure out what kind of man you are, what kind of father you are. It's like, to a certain extent, there is not an answer for you on this because you're in process with it. On the other hand, you know, your father gave you absolute truths. And there's this part of you that feels like being a good parent means giving absolute truths. Because whether or not you look back at your childhood being like, hmm, problematic. You're not doing that with your child because those kind of like absolutes, you want them out of a sense of like, it would be great to have them as opposed to you want them because you believe in them. And so how old is your child now? Six. Mm. Okay. So she's right at that age where she's like questioning things in in a more a kid way, right? 100%. And that's going to kick up this issue for you more now because you have to, there's something for you about humility. You're very good at being humble when you choose to be because sometimes you're not. <laughs> but, Correct. but when you choose to be humble, you're comfortable with, yeah, I think this is a right, the right thing to do, but it's not the only right thing to do. And this is what I say. You need to listen to me because I'm your dad, but I want to acknowledge there are other ways of doing it. But in this family, at this time, this is what's happening. You're comfortable with that. That's you. But there's this part of you that's not comfortable with it because it's not what you think you're supposed to do. And honestly, your father wouldn't think it was the right thing to do. And it's not like I think, oh, you're secretly trying to please your father. It's more that we all have the voice of our early developmental guardians in our heads. We don't ever shake them. Some of us are more sensitive to them than others. And you're very sensitive to yours because of the way that you were raised and your nature. But a lot of it's the way you were raised. And so you're right now trying to figure out, can I be a good supportive structure giving dad and not have absolute truths. Yeah. Like where's the difference between humility and weakness? You're figuring that out right now. And the other thing is you've got this beautiful moon, Venus conjunction and Pisces. Uh, you're very loving and snuggly. Like you're a very emotionally available dad in a lot of ways mm. until you get wrapped up in your shit. Yeah. And then you're very hard to reach. Right. Mm, mm. And so in terms of like what I would recommend with for to you as a parent is two things. One is having ongoing conversations, not when there's something wrong, but like checking conversations with your co-parent to make sure that the division of labor feels equitable and sustainable monthly, you know, so nothing gets out of hand because some months or years, one person's going to do a lot more shit than the other. And that's just life. And as long as there's consent, that's fine. But when you don't have consent, that gets into trouble and that kicks up your competitiveness in a way that doesn't get you happiness. Mm. That said, in terms of the parenting piece, you sometimes disappear emotionally, right? Like you can just kind of not be there. And 
for a child, they will inevitably receive that and interpret that as a rejection, right? Because they're kids. And so, and you don't want that. And so you might go through the motions, but your kid will know, right? Because they're kids. It's very fucking annoying. They know. know. And so my advice to you is to simply find ways that are appropriate for your child's age at whatever age they are to be like, oh, I'm super in my head right now. It's hard for me to connect. I love you. Come here. Give me a hug, you know, or like I'm having a hard time focusing on like you want me to watch you like dance for seven hours. Uh, I actually can't do that. Like finding a way to be like, I can give you half of my attention and you have 100% of my love and half of my attention, Mm. but I can't give you all my attention. And just acknowledging it actually will make it better for both you as a parent, but also for your child. Because what I think you're used to doing is this like parents kind of like are the adults and adults are here and kids are there. Mm. And that's not you, but it's like what you think you're supposed to be. So you do it. Does this make Mm. sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. And so in terms of a second child, your birth chart doesn't say anything very strong yay or nay about a second child. Do you have a sibling that you're close with? I have two siblings, but we were all five slash six years apart. So now we're close. But growing up, like, you know, we were also we were living different lives. Kind of like having a solo experience. Yeah. It does look like you have nice relationship with your siblings. It also looks spacious. Now, Um, yeah, we're totally cool. But again, yeah, it's spacious for sure. Very spacious. But there's nothing in your chart that says to me that you would be happier with multiple kids than with one kid. Mm. It doesn't say to me you would be unhappy with multiple kids. Right. You have a easy time giving all your attention to lots of people at once on a surface level for intimacy and deep closeness. You have a much harder time. You're much more of a one-on-one. Yeah. Big time. And so I could understand if you've got a six-year-old, if you were to bring in another kid, first of all, there would be a reiteration of like your own childhood, right? Where there's this big gap between the siblings, but also it would be a little hard for you And because of that, I wouldn't recommend doing it currently. Okay. Um, Which basically means you're going to have like a seven or an eight year gap, right? (laughs) Right, 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 Which gets to be a little bonkers, but that's, that's, you know, something that the two of you can figure out. Um, What's your daughter's name? Her full name? Ember Ambrose. That's not her full name. Oh, Presley. Ember Presley Ambrose. Thank you. Hold on. She doesn't need a sibling to be happy. So you're not like screwing her by not giving her a sibling is what I'm seeing. Um, She's very comfortable being alone in her head. You know, she's like a real, um, do you send her to Waldorf school or something? She goes to a like art school. Okay. That makes sense. Cause she's got that real, like, Oh yeah. Kind of brain. Oh yeah. yeah. She's in her own world, living her own life. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't need a sibling. So if you guys decide to have another child, it should be because the two of you want that experience and not because you're scared that she won't have a sibling. I don't see she needs that experience. She's got friends and also, and she's like close with her friends. And also she really likes being alone. Mm. Um, She's not bored. You do not have a, unimaginative child (laughs) she's not bored so so for whatever that's worth you know um hold on oh i see okay you're really fertile so i don't know if 
Jessica is too, if that's the issue, but you definitely need to, um, you know, manage birth control. I I don't know why I give you guys finger guns (laughs) when I'm talking about babies, but I feel like it's like a fun metaphor. Yeah, sure. It it definitely is. Yeah. Thank thank you. It's just like, it's new. It's not like I ever did this before. So I'm just like, huh, I'm really finger gunning you guys. Um, It's what's happening. You know what I mean? I love that. Um, So, so yeah. So I definitely think that's something you have to be aware of. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. No, or I'm not at least wrong. someone's fertile. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, you're in the mix. <laughs> I mean, you, you have a number of markers of fertility, but um, I just I saw you've got Libra intercept that fifth house, which means, yeah, I mean, you two have to be real like Fort Knoxy. Got you it. Know? No problem. Yeah. Done. Good job. Good job. Well played. <laughs> <All right. laughs> wow. Thank you for this. My pleasure. What oh a, what a pleasure I, this has been. I honestly just feel like I'm like, oh, cool. This is the warm up. Let's do five more hours. Like I That's literally could, bit, could, yeah. could. I'm sure that you run into this a lot where you're like, okay, thank you for your time. I have to leave now because <laughs> it's like it does just like the second you start talking, it just starts firing off the ideas and the questions and the comments. And then it, I, you just feel like you're getting started, you know? Yeah. Um, Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say it's 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 similar to therapy, but I get to start in the middle. And then when that happens, it does exactly what you're saying, where you're just like, oh, I see what we could do here. Right. So, you know, we could do it again. Uh, incredible. Um, before we before we sign off on this, can you talk about what you got going on and plug sure. yourself? And I want to we want to hear. OK, cool, 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 cool. Um, what have I got going on? Well, you know, if anyone is local to the Bay Area. I I just did something I've never done before that I'm really proud of and happy about. I um, put an installation in the Oakland Museum in the Hella Feminist exhibit. And it's this installation um, where I built a portal. It's a really strong portal. And its, um, its purpose is for people to walk in and release negative emotions, which is a lot of what we talked about for both of you. Um, and so if anyone's in the Bay area, definitely they should check it out because it's, and it'll be up until January of 2023. So first week of January, 2023. So it's really cool, powerful experience. Um, but you know, I've got my podcast ghost of a podcast where I do readings and I give horoscopes every week. It's out on Sundays. Um, and I got lots of classes for sale on my website and free horoscopes on my website. And I have a book. Um, I feel like I might have other things going on, but this is like always the thing where I'm like, I could talk for hours about you, right. you two, but I don't remember me. But, right. <laughs> but you know, I've got a very cute website. So if anyone's interested and you want to be aesthetically charmed, go for it. Check out the site. That. And but I will what's the site? It's lovelinato.com or you can get there by doing ghost of a podcast, ghost of a podcast.com, cool. uh, which it. is a lot easier to spell and remember, as you could imagine. Right. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, I'm always really bad at this part. Like, what do you say about? Things? I mean, it sounds like through those websites, people can get to the other things. Maybe correct, you're not correct, mentioning. Correct. Yes. I will say one last thing, which is that I have an Instagram in which I am a planet. Um, so I, all of my Instagram posts, I am a, speaking as a planet and I am a planet. Like you don't see my face. Um, and it is very fun way to learn astrology. Oh, cool. And it, I quite enjoy it because I'm super bored by faces. Like, I don't know, so many faces on the internet. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. Do you do yeah. private readings? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I did. 
Um, yeah, I did from 1995 until 2020. Um, but in 2019, because I saw what was coming. Sure. So in 2019, 2018, but really 2019, uh, all my clients were so bummed by me. I was just like, mm, maybe just wait on doing X and Y because I saw this craziness happening. So yeah, it was a real bummer. So I'm not taking private consultations right now. And I closed my wait list when it got to 300 people. I was like, how am I ever going to meet this need? So I closed my wait list. So I'm so sorry in advance to anyone listening who's like, I'm on a reading. The only way to get a reading with me other than having me on Chatty Broads or Chatty Bros podcast <laughs> is to uh, write into my podcast and your question could be selected to get a private reading with me. Well, a live reading with me, not right. private. It's on the damn podcast. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. thank you. Yeah. Well, thank that you. just made this whole experience like even 10 yeah. more times special knowing that like I can't call you after this and I'm a little devastated by it, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, but knowing that this was like a, a, a special experience is pretty, pretty amazing. Thanks for, thank you so much. Thank it means you. a lot. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's it's such a pleasure for me to have done this. And so thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Really My do. pleasure. Thanks thank so much you. for having I'm me. I'm going to re-listen and, uh, to this like four times. Good. That's great. Yeah. You get the audio, you get the transcript. transcript. Bada bing, bada boom. Perfect. Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye. Wow. That was insane. That was, yeah, that was, I feel like I just emerged from something. <laughs> from a massage? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I'm like, how am I supposed to go back to life <laughs> to now? To work and be like, well, actually, the TPS, TPS reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you again to Jessica Lignato for coming on. That was amazing. Um, man, this, yeah, this is the stuff to like take into your life, which is pretty, you know, amazing. So I feel like me and you are definitely in a phase where we're like accepting help and coming into ourselves, you know? So these are all building blocks, Change baby. Change and transformation. We are butterflies. We are mm-hmm. phoenixes. Mm-hmm. Well, love you guys. Have an amazing weekend. Um, peace and love. Chat soon. Yeah, I think so. Bye.